everybody for coming. Thank you so much for coming, all of you, from near and from far. Amen. And to all of the chaverim that are coming together to be mitchazek, to take strength from the words of the tzaddikim that we learn as a chabura, that is as Hashem. Thank you so much for coming. Because you're today, you should think about that. Rav Nassim says in the Hakdama to Lufute Maran that all of the Arizal's words and all the Kisvei Ari are wrapped up into the Sefer. So there's a very deep connection between Rabbi Nachman and Arizal, Rabbi Shimon, and those Sadikim. So Be'ez Hashem will also be Yaitzaza and learning the words of the Arizal also in some way tonight. So Be'ez Hashem Yisbarach, I'd like to take a look at a fundamental sugya that comes into focus through a number of teachings from Rabbi Nachman. We're going to take a look at three in different places, and we're going to try to bring them together in such a way that we can gain a little bit of clarity into what our Avoida is bechlal in this life, but specifically in this time period where all of us understand that we are active participants in bringing about the Geula Shlema. The Baal Shem Tov's vision of Geula wasn't that one day we move from Gullus and then a light switch is flicked on and, okay, Mashiach is here but that it's a process. It's a long, gentle, slow, but steady process that has been underway for many hundreds of years. 
And you and I, mamish you and I, specifically you and I, who are connected to the teachings of these tzaddikim, are part and parcel of moving that dimmer just a little bit more, a little bit more, each of us in our own life, by becoming freed as individuals. And that's what Rabbi Nachman focused on more than anything. He called it Geula Pratis. The Baal Shem said the Geula Klalis, the collective redemption of all of Am Yisrael, is just a sum total of the individual redemptions of each and every Yid. And so we can already now, in the throes of our exile, we can already begin to access that hour of Geula. But we have to understand first what Gullus is, and then what Geula means, if we are to have any success, and we should have much success, and we've had much success, and we'll continue to have tremendous amount of success in channeling the R of the Hula into our lives. Let's take a look at a Pasuk in Eicha, in Parak Beis, which Be'ezus Hashem we will not have to read later this week. We'll celebrate the Yantiv, Karelai Mayed, and the third Beis HaMikdash. But the Pasuk in Eicha tells us the following, Asa Hashem Asher Zamam. Yermiyahu Navi says that everything that I warned about in the entirety of Sefer Yermiyahu, which is a pretty long Sefer, and it's filled with this repetitive promise on the part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that if we don't get our act together, whatever that act was and whatever together meant, the Beis HaMikdash is going to be destroyed. We're going to lose what we had. Says Yermiyahu Navi in Eicha, it happened. Asa Hashem Asher Zamam. Exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said he would do took place. Bitsa Emrasai. He was mevatseya. He, he performed. He acted out. He actualized in Rasai what he had said. Asher tziva, what he commanded me, mekedem. This may be a reference even to Pesukim and Tarshav Forget about the Nevi'im. To the T. Whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, it was foreseen. In, especially in our Sefer, in Sefer Devarim, where we get warned again and again, it's not going to last. Meheira, we're going to lose our way. Haras, v'leichamal. There was destruction. There was not overt compassion. The Yisamachalayach Oyev and Akadosh Baruch Hu allowed the enemy to rejoice over us, Heirim Karen Sarayach. And our pain and our narrow constraints was magnified in a terrible way. Those two bolded words, Bitsaim Rasai, in a simple, on a simple level, mean Akadosh Baruch Hu acted out his words. Amira means speech, Bitsa means to, to act, to actualize. But the Heligan Madrish in a lengthy passage, compares the mourning of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the mourning of a Melech Basar Vadam. And that means, says the Medrash, goes through many different things that a king might do if Chas Shalom he were to, to mourn over something. And of course, one of the expressions of mourning, thank you so much for coming, is to, is to tear our clothes. And so the Medrash focuses on these two words and says, Bitsa Imrasai, the word Imra could mean a word, an expression, but an Imra also means like a chaluk, like a, like a cloak. Imra is Aramaic for a cloak. Bitsa could mean he tore his cloak. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was in mourning. He ripped his clothes. Bitsa Imrasai. That's what the Medrash says. So Rabbi Nachman quotes this Medrash right away in the beginning of this Tyra, Reish Yutes. It's not the whole Tyra, we just took a piece from it. And Rabbi Nachman says, Bitsa Emrasai, what does this mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu did what he said he would do, but deeper. He tore his cloak, he quotes the Medrash, Biza Porfira delay. He humiliated, he ruined his Porfira, which is like a, like a purple tunic, like a cloak. He ripped his coat. Now, already the Medrash is deeper than the Pashib Shat, because like that we said, the Pashib Shat means he did what he said he would do. That's Pashib Shat. The Medrash takes it a step deeper and says, no, we can sense that HaKadosh Baruch was mourning with us. He rips his clothing. Rabbi Nachman takes it to a whole other dimension. So far we had Pshat, Midrash, and now Rabbi Nachman tells us the side. Ki bevadai, says Rabbi Nachman, s'chusi yagun aleinu eina beis ha-mikdash yachol izbal kavod begavosi izbarach. The beis ha-mikdash is not able to contain the kavod and the gaiva, the pride and the intensity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's essence or even his revelation. Kamay Shikasav, and it's, an, it's a literal Pasuk. It's an overt Pasuk, the Pasuk in Malachim Aleph, where Shleim HaMalach is dedicating the Beis HaMikdash, a very beautiful passage, which we'll learn a little bit from Be'ezus Hashem a little bit later. And Shleim HaMalach says, Hine HaShamayim Ushmei HaShamayim Lo Yichal Kalucha HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the heavens 
and the and the heavens of heavens, the higher realms, they're not enough to contain you. And Shlaim HaMalach exclaims in, in, in surprise and in confusion, how could this physical house contain you? That this is where the Gilu Yishchina is, that Baruch, the whole physical world can't contain you. As Chazal tell us, the world is in his place. He is not in the world. And so certainly, how do you look at the whole cosmos, all of physical existence, and then focus in on one particular physical house? Sarbin Achman says, Rakam Achmas Ahavas Yisrael, but because HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the Jewish nation, Sim Seim the Hilbesh Es Ka'avasai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu constricted and he clothed his Gaiva, his true revelation, Kedei Lahashre Shkinasa Bebeis HaMikdash, in order to dwell in that place, in the Beis HaMikdash. For what reason? Kedei Legalo Ismalchusa. So that he could reveal his malchus. On a simple level, it's impossible for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to be constricted into a into a bias. Only by way of garments, garments that Hashem wears. In those garments and those kalim, which we talked about on Thursday night, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "This is where I am." Why is Hashem in that place? Which is a much broader question. Why is Hashem Bechlal in this place? Why is there a place that we refer to as this place? How can we refer to this place? Who are we? The, the, the existential question of, of all of this is Kedilegalis Malchusai. What does that mean? That a Kodesh Baruch who wants to reveal his Malchus, what's the concept of Malchus? Say this far, Makdashim, Ein Melech Beloi Am. There cannot be a king without a nation. And that means to say something very deep. You and I know that HaKadosh Baruch is infinite. Ein Sof, that's how we refer to him in the deeper Sefarim. Ein Sof. The only thing that we can say about him is that he's infinite. We don't even have categories in our human minds to grasp what infinity means. Hashem is Ein Sof. Hashem doesn't need anything because he's infinitely perfect. But strangely enough, there's one way in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is is imperfect. There's one kind of way where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is imperfect. In what sense? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu has this midah of Malchus. Thank you so much for coming. He has a midah called Malchus. Hey, brother. Great to see you. Thanks for coming. Right? Hashem has a midah of Malchus. Now, in order for Hashem to reveal the way in which He is a king, so then built into the concept of Malchus is that Malchus cannot be expressed in a vacuum. Malchus needs other conscious-like beings, similar beings, because it can't be a king over ants or over dogs. It has to be over human beings. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to create people in an element called Selim Elikim in order so that they should be makir his Malchus. Now that's something that's impossible for us to understand, right? Because it gets into questions of Malafnim. What did Hashem do before creating the world? The world is within time. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is outside of time. So what is, how does that work? These are questions we can't not just we don't ask because they're dangerous questions. We cannot ask because we cannot answer. It's useless. Our minds can't grasp these ideas. But one thing we know is that in order for Hashem's Malchus to be revealed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu must create a world. And He must reveal Himself into that world in an extremely, and here's the key word, vulnerable fashion. Because to need others when you're an infinite being is incredibly vulnerable. The Malchus of Hashem is where HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals a place where he is not as secure as he may appear on paper, the God of the philosophers. It's a very human God, so to speak. It's a very relatable element of needing something. Even though, again, we can't fathom what this means on the infinite level, Hashem's Shalim Kolmen Eshleimus. But Sachakol, you and I are here, right? We have to deal with that. We have to grapple with that. Two things can be true at once. One doesn't need to be a steer to the other. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's being metzamsim himself in the Beis HaMikdash is HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealing a part of him that is, so to speak, in need. In need of you and me. In need of a relationship. In need of us to come to that place. To enter into a bond with him. 
to be able to recognize him, to be makir him, to, so that he can be seen. And a relationship, of course, if it's a healthy relationship, and one member of the relationship is truly going to be seen, it needs to be a two-way street. It needs to be a two-way street. And Kodesh Baruch who set this world up in a way that the Pasuk tells us, Kemayim panim el panim. Like water reflects a person's face. You look in water and you see your face reflected. Kemayim panim al panim. This is the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu set up human relations, relationships. When a person shows one kind of energy toward another person, it's going to get reflected. So Hashem says, listen, I'm ready to reveal my vulnerability. But I need you to step into that space too. There needs to be an open channel, not just from my end, but from yours. And then when one kruv is turned toward the other, memela, the two kruv and face each other. reveals his vulnerability. That's what we should read the word malchus to mean, the possibility of a relationship. And this is the aspect of the Pasuk Etelem Hashem Malach, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to reveal this aspect in which He is a Melech who needs us. Says the Pasuk, Geus What does Geus mean? On a simple level, it means, hey, thanks for coming. It means that He clothed His, his Gaiva, His greatness. He clothed it. Says Rabbi Nachman much deeper. Geus, His grandeur, Lavesh. He enclosed it within the Beis HaMikdash in order so that Hashem Malach, so that he might be a Melech, so that we might have a place where we can come into what's referred to in Chazal, the Cheder HaMitos, that place of intimacy. What happens in a place of intimacy? It's the most vulnerable thing on both parts. That place of the Kodesh HaKadashim, the Kruvim, that relationship. Hashem Malach, so Geus Lavesh. He, he wore a cloak in order to reveal his malchus, who left that realm in which he's the perfect, infinite God, and he revealed a very intimate, vulnerable place. So that we can have a reciprocal relationship where we're not overwhelmed by Hashem's perfection, so there's no room for us, but we recognize, wow, there's space for me. There's space for me. This is the depth of Rosh Hashanah, which we're coming up to now. Not getting to the whole thing now. Rosh Hashanah, but Adam and Chava, the creation of Chava, so that they can be turned panim el panim, so that they can face one another in a symbiotic relationship. Rosh Hashanah is all about Malchus, right? But when we turned away, when we stopped showing up in, in, a, in a vulnerable and authentic way to be able to reveal and to express before our Kaddish Baruch our lack, and when we started to pretend as if we had it all together, and when we started to put on an external facade where we don't need anybody and we don't need anything, and and God's opinion doesn't really matter to me because I don't need it. What does that mean? It's every word in Rabbi Nachman is meduyak, not stam. Lefanav. Could have just said it because Yisrael chatu mepnei chateinu galenu meratzenu. Lefanav means we turned away from his face. A face is a very vulnerable place. To look people in the eyes is a very vulnerable thing to do. It can get awkward sometimes to look somebody in the eye for too long. Why? Because they're because they're looking at a part of you that maybe you don't want them to see. Maybe. The eyes are mamish, it's a cliche, but it's true. The windows of the soul. To be able mamish to just look someone else in the eye. A very deep thing, very, very deep thing. Chatu lefanav. Chat means to deviate. doesn't mean like to sin, an evil thing. Melashen yachti, right? To, to diverge. Chatu lefanav. We turned away. As I kibiyachal hair of igile Hashem is baruch has so then Hashem said, listen, if you're not showing up authentically with me, then I'm not showing up authentically with you. Baruch says, listen, it's not working on either end. And I'm going to recede. I'm going to also go into a place of Ein Sof. Hashem says, I'm not, I'm not going to reveal myself in such a way to you. Umemela says, Rabbi Nachman, so what happens? Nechrav beis hamikdash. Why did the Beis Hamikdash get destroyed? Not because the 
the Romans and the second base Amikdash, the Babylonians and the first base Amikdash, not because they came and they burnt it and they destroyed it. That's not what happened. Says Rabbi Nachman, there was an atomic spiritual explosion that took place within those walls. It looked on the outside like some people were coming and burning or breaking. That's not what happened. There was a removal of tzimtzum. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm not constricting myself in this way. I'm not showing up in this intimate space. I can fill a whole corporate building. I don't need to fill a bedroom. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, that that's the level of relationship? Okay, I'm out. And what out means is a gilui. And what a gilui means in a chanami. Going back to the Pasig Malachim, the building cannot contain that revelation of a Kodesh Baruch. It's the deepest thing. Bezeh says Rabbi Nachman, that's what the Pasig and Echa tells us. Bitsa im Rasai. Doesn't just mean on a simple level Hashem did what he said he would do. Doesn't either mean just on the level of the Medrash that Hashem mourned, he tore his coat much deeper. It wasn't a response to the Besamikdash being destroyed that Hashem tore his cloak. That is a metaphor for the destruction Be'etzim. What was the destruction? Bitsa Imrasa. Hashem tore his cloak. He stopped constricting himself into this garment. Biza porfira dile, shakara asalavushaloi. Hashem tore that cloak. Kind of shakara salavushvat simsum hanal. Hakarashparhu left, so to speak, that element of being able to show up again on a divine level. We can't fathom it vulnerably. Ain Malach Baloi Am, giving us space to complete him kiviachol. If you take a look in the Ma'ari Nayim, Parshas Noyach. Shocking, right there in the beginning, the second piece. He says it openly. I couldn't even say these words. I have it on my shelf. He says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'li Yisrael Enoi Davar Shalim. If I'm not mistaken, those are his exact words. Now again, he doesn't mean this on the ultimate level, because again, Hashem is perfect. It doesn't need us. But in the way of us living in this world and relating to Hashem in the way that He wants to be related to, who's begging us, please, please, for me, we're giving him something. We know we're not, but we are, in some way. Adam and Chav, it's got to be Ezer Kenegdai. Ezer Kenegdai. Am Yisrael is the Isha, Klape Hashem. We are an Ezer, so to speak, in some wild way. Once that constriction was removed, so then shuv ena beisamikdash yachul lizbok avasi ga'ane. So you're right. So Shlomo Melech, you're right. The beisamikdash can't handle this giluy. Going back to that pasuk of Malachim. The heaven of heavens can't contain Hashem. The building certainly can't. Okay. This is all mitzahar Kodesh Baruch Hu. Now let's reflect on our side of the relationship. And let's reflect what it means for each and every one of us individually. The collective gullus, all of us know what gullus means. All of us know what gullus means on a collective level. All of us know what it means to live outside. Well, some of us do. Outside Eretz Yisrael, even in Eretz Yisrael, it's not so pashat all the time. But what does it mean for the individual to be living in a gullus consciousness vis-a-vis the possibility of living in a gaula consciousness. And as you might guess, it has something to do with the way in which Hashem shows up when we are there, like we learned, showing up properly. But let's see how the Rebbe writes this. So we take a look at the second volume of the Kutumran Tanyana, Taira Yud. And the Rebbe writes as follows. Every word here is mamish gold. This that the world is distant from Hashem, the Barach, and not only are are they distant, but they're not even they're not even trying to bring themselves close to Hashem. Miskarvim, they're not bringing themselves close. Says Rabbi Nachman, is is not necessarily because they're sinful, but Urak they don't have a settled mind. And now this this doesn't just mean that they're very they're very busy, and so they don't have enough time. That's also a liman and the Kedusha Slevi brings that. Right? We're so busy uh, trying to make parnasam, we're schlepping around, and the you know, family stuff, and community matters, and personal health, etc., etc. You know, it's hard. It's difficult. Rabbi Nachman's speaking about something else. Ein lam yishuv hadas. What does this mean, ein lam yishuv hadas? The einon miyashvin atzman. They never get in touch with, with atzman, with themselves. 
They can be miyashiv many things in their lives. But to be miyashiv atzman, mamish themselves, they're not awake to that avoida. And even in avodas Hashem, it, it could be something where you, you have all these things together, but it, it hasn't yet touched that place. I'm really taking a look. We're going to learn in a few minutes about MS. In a very deep, authentic way. To spend time really getting in touch. Who am I? What are my motivations? What do I want from this life? Yishavadas in the world of Breslov is synonymous with his Spodidus. And Sikha Saran Rabbi Nachman says that, if, that every person should take an hour a day to be miyashiv his mayach, to settle his mind. And the Breslov Ramashbiyam teach that it's, it's a reference to all the other places where Rabbi Nachman says you should take an hour a day, or at least however much time we can. It's the same thing. What does a Jew do during his Spodidus? It's time away from the world. Rabbi Nachman says you come back from his Spodidus, you see an Oilam Chadash. It's a, it's a new world. Because you come back with a new perspective. To be miyashiv yourself and myself. So says Rabbi Nachman, but Iker, the main thing is lehishtadel liyashiv atzmoi heitev. Atzmoi meloshen etzem. To get in touch with the deepest element of ourselves. Ma'atachlis mikol atayvus umikol inine oilamazeh. Okay, I have it together. This is assuming we have it together. Every person in their own way has certain things together. We have certain degree of stability. And this is who we are and what we are and this is what's going on. It's fine. Taivus, fulfilled. But mahatachlis, what's the point? What is all of this and why? Who is the I that's engaging in all of this? Both mamish physiological taivus and to reflect on this. Are they sufficient for us? And if not, why? Is there a part of us that's longing for more? What is that part of us? What is the more that we're longing for? He says, if we can access this degree of Yishev Adas, we're going to return to Hashem. says the Rebbe, however, why can't we access this level of Yishev Adas? What's in the way? Sadness. Sadness. Marashchir is more than sadness. Mamish, blackness. What does it mean that something is black? It means that I, I can't see before me. I can't see in front of me. Like we've been learning in our Torah, Aleph, Shirim. There's no R in my life. It means I can't see where the next step is. I, can't, I don't understand how to move forward. Marashchir. Everything is as it is. Zeu. So the mind is not functioning. We've given up on accessing something so deep in life. And so we pursue just standard life. And I don't just mean, again, in a physical sense. This could also mean spiritually. We make sure that we're card-carrying Orthodox Jews. We have our daf, we have our minyanim, whatever it is we're working on. It's good. But somehow deep inside, there's a, there's a sense of marashchayra in it. It's without a passion. It's without a vibrancy. It's without a hope. It's without a vision. It's, an, it's, it's without an understanding of where I fit in to this grand picture, to this grand scheme of things. Is it just a community that I happen to have been brought up in and I happen to live in and this is what it is? It's without a fire. And so the mind is not, it's not functioning properly. But says Rabbi Nachman, when a person gets in touch with joy, all of a sudden things open up, the mind starts to function on a much deeper level. We give ourselves permission to go deeper, to explore deeper parts of ourselves without needing to strategize how to cover, cover, cover for our sadness. It keeps us on the, on the, on the, uh, on the surface level. But simcha, when a, when a person gets in touch with simcha, Things open up. We have a much healthier perspective on things, a broader perspective on things. We're able to dig deep. We're able to see ourselves for who we really are. We're able to see our strengths. We're able to see that there's hope. It's not marashchayr, it's not darkness. I can do something in life. I'm okay. I have this, that, and the other thing to work on and to fix, but it's in the context of energy, of light, of a ravchus, of simcha. 
איזו אשר השמח בחלקי. בחלקי. Simcha means I don't need everything to be okay. I can just take a look at what actually is in it. Sameach b'chalkai. Be happy with that. To be plugged into reality is simcha. Even, by the way, if sometimes the reality doesn't look so good. But there's no greater sadness than faking joy. There's no greater dissonance. There's no greater sadness. We're not showing up fully. Sometimes, chas v'shalom, and mechazal themselves say, it's a pasuk, I believe, it's better. Taiv is always associated with happiness. It's better. It's in a way more, more joyous in a sense to go to a base avil. There, there's a tremendous amount of sadness there. But there's a tremendous amount of authenticity there. And there's joy in that place. There's no more real social setting than a base avil. I mean, what are you going to do? Hopefully, hopefully, right? But in a, in a proper base oval where people are, you know, taking it seriously, as we hope they, that they should. You hope, and I hope, and I give us all a bracha, we, we shouldn't have to go to a base oval, but there's a part of you that feels okay. It's the same thing in a cemetery. We don't like to go to a cemetery, but there's something freeing about it. There's something sobering about it. There's an element of facing life, facing reality in that place. I don't believe Rabbi Nachman says, mitzvah it means that we should paint a clown face you know, on our face, and no matter what goes wrong in your life, you just have to pretend to be happy all the time. I don't believe that that's the case. I think that what Rabbi Nachman means when he says, mitzvah is live with an eye toward the MS of a situation all the time. That we can do. Sometimes there are going to be happier times than others. But to be plugged into what what is really going on. Besimcha famously is Oisius Machshava. Simcha opens up the mind. Simcha opens up the mind. Says Rabbi Nachman, when a person's connected to that kind of of real living, he's miyashiv his mind. Simcha is connected to the world of freedom. Mamash to be free. Which on a literal level, what does it mean? Yeshayo is telling Am Yisrael, you'll go out of Gullus. When you go out of Gullus, it will be with great joy. And that's how ordinarily we translate the Pasuk. Rabbi Nachman learns it differently. It's not that when you go out of Gullus, you'll have joy. It's that this is how you get out of Gullus. This is Seitzayu. This is how we start to take a look at life in a deeper way, in a more real way. Being okay with things not being okay, but being able to face it, to be able to look it straight in the face, to be able to engage with that part of us, to be able to bring it out, to be able to bring it into a relationship with Hashem. Through simcha we become free, and we're able to leave exile. The Alkane says Rabbi Nachman, therefore, when a person brings joy up to their mind, as I so then one's mind is free and is able to look at things more accurately and not judge things just on the surface and not judge himself just based on what he looks like in the mirror, what his activities are, and what his life has been like until this moment. That's katnus. To be able to see ourselves for who we mamish are. Cheres, we become free in that in that moment. The Ein is Gullus. He's no longer in that aspect of exile. And then we can come to this experience of Yishav Hadas. Because the mind is free, and the mind is no longer in exile. And here the Rebbe brings a raya for this. That Yishav Hadas is connected with Geula. And that the opposite is connected. This is what it means to be in Gullahs. To be a person who's living, may even on the surface it looks everything's okay, but out of touch with what, what's really going on. Not Miyashiv is etzem. Because he's too sad. Maybe he's too hurt. Maybe he's too afraid. Says the Rebbe, we have to connect to teachers like the Rebbe himself, who are giving us permission to go into those places. With, with balance and with health and with Yishav Adas. 
So he brings a raya kial yidei golos ein adas miyushav through exile. The das is not miyushav. Kamashe darshar abesinus kana the rachli gemara megillah tells us about amun imayav that amun and mayav in some way I don't know, you know, on some level had yishav hadas to miyasvadaitayu. Their mind was miyushav because they were never exiled from their place. They always lived where they were. They never had to travel. Shanamar quoting a pasuk in the end of Yirmiyahu, Why? Because of a halach. Says the Gemara, Moyav was settled because they never went into Galus. Because these two things are connected. Yishavadas and Gu'ula. And the opposite is also true. To be in exile means not just to be physically estranged from our land, but it means to be estranged from ourselves, which means to say that we live life in a bechin of chutzlaret, not connected to the Eretz Yisrael inside, to the Evan Shesia inside, to that place that Evan Ma'aswa Bainim, it might not look so pretty, but it's Haisil Rosh Pina. But we don't take a look at that part of ourselves, so we pretend. We pretend, and we get we get caught up on surface level stuff because again, either we're too sad. It's not really our fault. It's just to be aware of it. Where's the root of our pain? Where's the root of our suffering? It says Rabbi Nachman, open up, open up, open up. Discover your authenticity. Discover you, who you are. Not to look at yourself, and I shouldn't look at myself, and I struggle with this. Not to look at myself in a in a in a cutness way. To recognize who I am, that all of us should recognize who we are. Take a look at the next sentence. How does a person come to Simcha? Revolutionary. Revolutionary. It sounds simple. Says the Rebbe, find something good about yourself, a good thing. Be'emes, a good thing. And it sounds cliche and like, okay, I know good things about myself. No, you don't. You don't because you don't believe the good things about yourself. Because if you mamish and if I mamish believed the good things about myself, my life will look differently. It's an avoida. It's an avoida to mamish, dig past the surface of all the layers of despair and all the layers of that part of myself that thinks that I'm hopeless even though I carry on trying. But I, I really, part of me gave up a long time ago. Says the Rebbe, stop. Be miyashiv yourself, your etzim. Find an akuda taiva. I would venture to say, but even even as I venture to say it, I don't even think that it's accurate, and I, and I cry over that. But Bar Hashem, it's true for myself. I, I can't, I can't suggest that every single person has had an experience like that. I hope you have, but I Bar Hashem have been blessed with moments in my life where I I was zayicha to get in touch, mamish. Even though it sounds all cliche, and even if I think back on those moments, it's like, okay, it's like, a mamish got in touch, you call it the inner child, you call it a place of, of, of purity. That's, that's there. It's, it's hidden under many, many layers. And there, are, there, are, there are ways of getting there. There are, there are exercises, and, and, and there, are, there are ways of being able to, to, to discover that place again. It's an extraordinarily powerful experience. Because it sounds on paper, it should be easy. Yeah, all of us know, you know, we were once a child and we have an innocent part of us and we, we know it intellectually. But the mamish come face to face with that, that nakuda taiva that all of us are, that all of us mamish are. Before we started hearing noises like that, <laughs> mamish, who, who we are, mamish, mamish, mamish. Something opens up. That's where Benachman refers to. Not a small little thing. Nekuda Taiva in, in, in Reish Pei Beis, which is the main Torah of Azamra, where Rabbi Nachman presents this doctrine of the Nekuda Taiva, how important it is to find a good point. The Lashon he uses there is Nekuda Taiva Sheyesh by Adain. That Nekuda Taiva that you still have. And the reference, the implication is that it's talking about that youth, that Sheyesh by Adain. You have it from, from a long time ago, it's still there. Says the Rebbe, this is our ticket to Simcha. Doesn't mean that we're not aware of our faults. Doesn't need, mean that we're not aware of all the things we have to fix. But get out of Marashchayra. It's, it's not hopeless. It's not hopeless. We can accomplish great things, every single person here. It's not hopeless. We can mamish take our lives to the next level. All of us are accomplishing great things. We can move to the next level. No reason why not. 
I'll call upon him. Make a remez. I'll call upon him. We said before, I'll call upon him. You can find the Nakuda Taiva there. Come back to the face to face revelation. To come before Hashem in truth, in MS. Kamavur al Pasuk, like Rabbi Nachman teaches in another place, to be able to tap into the place within ourselves that still wants to show up desperately beyond all of the layers of all kinds of dust and filth that we've piled upon ourselves. There's a rutsen inside of us. There's a place within ourselves that isn't satisfied with what we have on the surface and we're not giving up. And we're willing to bring that into the relationship with Hashem, into the cheder amitas, into that place of the bedroom, of intimacy, to say, Hashem, I am incomplete without you and there's a part of me that's open to you. I'm ready. It's an akuda taiva. I'm ready. Kemayin, panim al panim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu enters into that space as well. And this is just a couple of Mamar Chazal, and then we'll move into the, to the last section of the Shir. Chazal, the Gemara Bracha says, that call me sheyesh by das or deya, ki ilu nimna beis hamikdash biyamav. Whoever has das, it's as if the beis hamikdash was built in your days. Maybe a reference to this as well. Whoever is in touch with the reality of their life, both the bad, the, so to speak, the bad, and mamish also the good, a broad minded perspective, chayrus, freedom. It's as if the Beis HaMikdash was built in their days. All the tzaddikim say, It doesn't just mean that when Av comes in, we have to minimize our joy. But when Av comes in with all of those intense energies, we have to do our best to minimize those negative those negative hashpais. How do you do that? It's like the opposite of the Chazal. And of course, both are true. There has to be Simcha there. What kind of Simcha? Dancing in the street? No. Get real. Get real. Another Mama Chazal called Whoever mourns over Yerushalayim properly. Say that Sadiqim, it doesn't just mean they will one day merit to see its rebuilding. In that moment, Zaycha, they become cleansed. The Raya Bisim And they begin to see. Bisim With the Simcha of Gula. Even in that moment of being misabel properly in the aspect of Kol, of, of Taylalachas Lebes Avel. And finally, like we say, and like we just sang, Imlay Allah Asirushalayim, Al Raish Simchasi. Again, doesn't simply mean on the surface, at the height of our joy, we have to remember the broken down Yerushalayim. There's a deep, deep connection between Rosh Simchasi and Yerushalayim. These two things are fundamentally bound together. And as much as I have Rosh Simchasi, how could I not be Allah as Yerushalayim? I tap into that place of freedom. I tap into that place of Geula. Now let's take a look at the context of that Pasuk in Malachim that Rabbi Nachman quoted where Shleim HaMalach said, how could the Beis HaMikdash possibly contain HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Very beautiful Pasuk. And the whole, thing, the whole section over there is Mamish beautiful. And it highlights how sad it is that we lost this Beis HaMikdash that was once fresh, that Shleim HaMalach was dedicating. And you read what that looked like. Thank you so very much. This is Shlema Melech talking. Hashem, there's nobody like you. In the heavens above and the earth below, Hashem, you keep your covenant. And you guard the chasadim that you do for the servants that are that walk before you with all of their hearts. That you kept your promises to David, my father. What you promised him. You said and you did. You promised that David and David Amalek's family would build the bias for you and you did. So now continue to keep the promise you made to David. Lamar saying, That there will always be of your descendants the kings of Am Yisrael. If only they keep your way. To walk before me like you walked before me. 
And now Shalom HaMalach declares before all of Am Yisrael, Be faithful. Be faithful to that which you promised David HaMalach. And now, says the Malbim, the next Pasuk, has no place being here. It has no place being anywhere. It's totally random, it would seem. Here we get to the Pasuk Rabbi Nachman quoted. Should God dwell on the earth? The heavens and the higher realms of Shemaim, they cannot handle you. So should the house that I built contain you? Like, wait a second. If you believe that it could, so then, so then why are you asking? If you don't believe, so why do you build it? What, what's, the, what's he saying here? But the Pesukim continue. And before we take a look at the next Pesuk, think back to what we, what we said about what it means for a Yid to be redeemed, to show up before our Kaddish Baruch with a broad-minded perspective. Not a surface-level connection, but a deep connection. Not a deep connection that's rooted in sadness, but a deep connection that's rooted in hope. When do we connect to Hashem in such a way? And the answer is through tefillah. Tefillah is where a Jew shows up ready to, to be, and again, tefillah, I don't just mean a minchamara, mamish tefillah, as tefillah is supposed to be, conscious tefillah, be aware of where we are, and the words that we're saying, etc., right? Like all of us have it. Real tefillah. You come before our Kodesh Baruch Hu and you're ready to get vulnerable. The premise of tefillah, which is connected also to malchus, tefillah la'ani kiyata, if that was Davra Melech, who was considered an ani, whole thing is tefillah. What do we say about Malchus? Malchus is that place where I'm incomplete without you. Well, that's what we do in tefillah. Tefillah means that we come before Hashem and say, Master of heaven and earth, I need you in my life. That's, that's the premise of tefillah. If a Jew doesn't believe that, then tefillah is just words. What does tefillah mean? The premise of tefillah is, I need things and I cannot have them without a relationship with you. And this is deeper then Hashem just being a vending machine. So you walk into tefillah and you say the right words and a snack comes out. It's much deeper. Because you and I understand that we could get all the things in Shemina Esrei. But we could still be missing the fundamental aspect of the relationship value without which none of this is worth it at all. Yesh mana writes a Messiah, right? It doesn't end. So you could have the whole Shemina Esrei, Baruch Aleinu, all those brachas could be fulfilled. But that, that's not what we're after. Tefillah itself is an answer, irrespective of whether the answer to our tefillah is yes or no. Because what we really want is a connection to Hashem. We come into tefillah with a vulnerable consciousness. Take a look at the next Pasuk. What's the Kesher now between the Pasuk before and the Pasuk now about tefillah? He says, Hashem, you have turned to the tefillah of your servant, Hashem Alekai, to listen to the song and to listen to the tefillah that your servant is praying before you today. And the next two psukim also continue this theme. Let your eyes be open face to face. Night and day. That my name should dwell there. To listen to the tefillahs that will be prayed there. In this place. And you shall listen to the prayers of your servant. That will dive into this place. These psukim are the answer to Shlaima Melech's questions. Deep. These psukim are the answer to Shlaima Melech's question. Shlaima Melech's question is Rabbi Nachman's question. Rabbi Nachman's question is Shlaima Melech's question. How could HaKadosh Baruch Hu ever dwell in this place? Well, what does it mean for Hashem to dwell in this place? It means for Him to express His vulnerability. How do we get that kind of relationship with Hashem? Says, says Shlaima Melech, there's only one way. Show up vulnerably. Enter into tefillah. Bring your whole self into it. Nothing else in life matters. Chever, nothing else matters. This is the only thing in life that matters because this is what life is about. What a moment when a Jew enters into a relationship with Hashem and whispers Shemana Esrei with a heart that's on fire, that's conscious of Hashem. Do you know what's happening in that moment? HaKadosh Baruch Hu begins to whisper back and says, I need you just the same. 
I need you just the same. This is what the base of Mikdash was. This is what we lost. Not financial prosperity and we don't want there to be sickness in the world. All this is true. What we're yearning for is to be real again. Not to be redeemed again. To be real again. That is the redemption. That is the Kibbutzimcha Seitzayu. That is the world of freedom. That's what tefillah means. Kibbutzi based tefillah That's what the Beis Hamikdash is. It's a place of prayer. Now let's learn one final teaching, and this will bring it all home. We're going to make a number of diukim, and then, and then we'll come to the end. This, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. You, you were relying on Mincha here. I think we'll we'll dive in afterwards. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I should have made it clear. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't usually have the money for it. It's not. Uh... Okay. Okay. So says the Hilgah Rebbe in Kufiyud Beis. We have to dive in. So by all means. Says the Hilgah Rebbe, he niyadu atz known ki savi v'shalimis halachon. Let's try to focus just for this this last shtickle here. Ki savi v'shalimis halachon. The pasuk in Tehillim says, David Hamelach again, David Hamelach Malchus. The Rishayim are surrounding me. Says the Rebbe, it means much deeper again than David Hamelach's experience, which was true al pipshat. He says David Hamelach is teaching ki asitra achrom is habeves hakedusha, ki azelu umaze asa. The other side, the forces of concealment, not the forces of the Gili of Hashem, they always revolve around holiness. And they always go around and around. Why is this? Why do they go around? For the same reason that when you drop a piece of cake outside in the summer, ants will come and surround the piece of cake. Why are they all surrounding it? Why don't they all wait in line? Because they're all being yoinik from this piece of cake. They're all, they're all getting sustenance from it. And so they want to surround it on all sides because they're, they're drawing on it. That's what the deeper svarim teach, is why the sitra achra is always misabebes hakadusha. Not because it's trapping it, but because it needs something from it. It gets its sustenance from sparks of holiness. And when those sparks of holiness fall and they become detached from the entirety of a, of a, of a healthy, full bodied experience of spirituality, the sitrachar can close in. It's because where there's a great degree of holiness, there's going to also be negative forces that are trying to trying to, to take from it. Now here are some of the most heartbreaking words that I've seen in my limited experience with Rabbi Nachman's teachings. Says the Rebbe, you can have a person that's already drawn after Averis. To be drawn after Averis means it's not something that's just happens to be and it's something you regret. He's drawn after it. Chas v'shalom. V'nimshach achar sitra achar. There's a real, genuine koyach ha'moyshech to the point, shocking words. V'sham mekoymoy. That is his place. Shocking words. For that to be a Jew's place. Sham mekoymoy. That's where he almost belongs. Of course, it's a dimyan. What does it mean for some place to be a person's place? It means that that's where they feel comfortable. That that's their place. That that's even colloquially we say like that's my place, right? Like that that's my that's my chill. That that's where you. He thinks that that's where he belongs. Sham mikaymai. Going back to that previous tyra, he doesn't need Hashem anymore. Everything kol ataivus kol inin He's got it. Everything's in order. But he's aware that he's being surrounded by these forces and he thinks that he's being surrounded by them because he's trapped. And what he does in Chab is that in as much as he's being surrounded, what does that mean? That he has Nekudas Taivas. That's why he's being surrounded. You see? It's Mamash Adimian. He thinks, he looks around and he thinks, whoa, I'm so far. Ah, I'm trapped in. Ha, no. Adarabba. The fact that you feel trapped in, the fact that you still sense, it means that there's something there that the Sitra is after. But he's, he's blind to it. 
Zeh, that means that there's value there. But he's in a dimin. Shom mikayimai. When such a person gets up and he wants to return to Hashem, it's very hard for him. What is hard for him? Such a person, it's incredibly difficult to daven. Because he's not showing up vulnerably. He has everything he needs in that, in that place. He's hopeless. He, he cannot daven. So come, we'll knock off if he's lucky. It doesn't mamish come in with a broken heart, which is the Kutzker teaches is the most whole thing in the world, the most holy thing in the world. Every person in the way that that person experiences life. So he davens maybe, but he cannot daven with awe and fear, mamish with fire, with vitality, with light, with awe. They cannot go up. They cannot ascend. The tefillahs remain down here. They're disconnected from an open channel. And they remain below. They remain below, underneath these barriers. Until the person merits to return to Hashem with truth. And he starts to daven with awe and with fear. From the deepest place of his heart, with a tremendous awakening to wake up. There's a place inside him that's alive. All those boundaries are breached. This is the Kedusha of the breaching of the walls of Yerushalayim. And all the tefillahs that were trapped previously, they all go up. How do we do this? How do we access this? Says the Rebbe, there's only one way. And he means it. The foundation that everything relies on. Everything. Who emes is truth. And truth doesn't just mean to say true things. It means authenticity. That's how you translate truth. To be authentic. Authentic in our relationships. Authentic in our Vodas Hashem. Leilech b'derech emes, says the Rebbe. Interesting thing. The Tanya references this in a number of places. Lefi matre gasai. Not absolute emes. But in as much as you can, try to get to a place of truth within yourself. And when you do that, says the Rebbe, Hashem's stamp is MS. What's the stamp of a king? Is where the king is. That's the place where he is. Especially our Kodesh Baruch, that all we have is his name. It's the stamp of Hashem. It's MS. It is the foundation for Hakol. The fact that there is a world in the first place. Hashem's stamp. Authenticity. Hashem showing up. Revealing his, his innermost need. He emes who rush taich saif. Emes, the letter Aleph is the first letter of the Aleph base. Taf is the last letter of the Aleph base. Mem is the middle. Meaning, like the Katsuki says, durch and durch. It, it's got to cut all the way through to the deepest part of us. Sometimes that means getting real with the things we have to fix. Can be. But the way that Rabbi Nachman saw it is look beyond that too. And the healing begins not in shame. The healing begins in understanding our essential, fundamental godless. That's where the healing begins. Nekuda toiva mamish etzem. The kivan madregas emes. Once a person accesses this truth, this authenticity, as I kiviyachan slabish by ara shemis barach ba'atzmai. So then you open the channel. Kemayin ponim al ponim. The kruvim face each other again. We become Tashem, the female crew of the Azer Kenegdoi, so to speak, an Azer. We have a place in the world. Asher Baruchu is Emes. And then about this person it says, Hashem Hashem is my light and my salvation. The Kivan Shashem Arlo says the Rebbe, oh, so you can access this way in which Hashem is light in your life? Guess what happens then? Yuchalimtsai. That word galos, 
Hashem's light is MS, you access MS, Hashem Lekechem MS, Hashem Oyri Viyishi, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is my light, the light is turned on in my life, and all of a sudden, I'm able to see there are doorways for me to get out of where I am. I wasn't seeing clearly. It's not that there were doors. It's not that they were closed. It's just that it was really dark. Mara Shchaira. It was really dark. And here the Rebbe says a pellet with this, we'll finish. There are doors, says the Rebbe. How do you know there are doors? Maybe there's not a door. Maybe these walls sprung up around me and there's no way out. Look how the Rebbe learns that there are doors. And Mamish, this is a diak. I haven't seen it quoted, but I think it's Mamish Mufurish. Says the Rebbe, there are doors. Because Chazal say, if a person wants chas v'shalom to be metame, to access impurity, they open the they open the door for you. Says the Rebbe, ah, there's a door in. Then there's a door out. But listen to the depth of this. Very very deep. It's not just a uh, very deep. Not just that the Rebbe is saying, oh, okay, theoretically, conceptually, there's a doorway in, there's a doorway out. No, listen to this. The doorway that brought you in is the doorway that will bring you out, which means MS needs to begin where we can come before our Kurdish Baruch Hu and say, Loi Amos, I do not want to live a life of death. I want to live. And so, let me tell you my story. Listen to the depth of this. Telling you my story, Rebbe Shalom, forces me back into the Nekud the Taiva Shiyesh Let me tell you where things started. And let me tell you what somebody whispered to me on a bus in fourth grade. And let me tell you what kind of dysfunction I experienced over here and what happened to me over there. And let me tell you how the sadness crept into my life. And let me tell you how this whole long seepur started. And let me reflect on who I really am. Let me reflect on what took place along the way. And let me be honest with myself whether that first chait was a chait or it was confusion. And according to Rabbi Nachman himself in Sichas Ran and the Kedusha Slevi, they say, does it mean Mavir Rishon Rishon? He says, all Hashem needs to do is just erase the first chait and everything else because Avera Gerares Avera. And it's so wild because the first chait is not a chait. It's called Chatas Ne'urav. Where did it all start? A malicious act of rebellion? How did you get in here? Says, says Rabbi Nachman, get in touch with that place, get real. That's the doorway out. That is is the doorway out. Habalatame poischinlai, says the Rebbe Yesh Psachim Harbei. Vikim Shanim Sasham Psachim, once there are gates, he was able to leave. Rakaksil Bechoshechoylech, but he didn't have Yeshavadas. And so it was dark. You couldn't see. It was Marashchaira. Choshechoylech. We didn't see the way out. So we thought that we're stuck there. And we thought there's no way out for me. And we fell into Yish. And we thought that there's no hope. And so we kept on serving HaKadosh Baruch in a very transactional, you know, official, sophisticated way. Without Mamish opening up the deepest depth of our heart to come to Him vulnerably. And so we couldn't get out. Till we started to daven properly, like Shlomo Melech tells us, that's how the bias can contain Hashem. That's the missing link. When we complete our half of it and we show up for real, mamish, mamish for real, then Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm, "I'm right there with you." Ain Melech Belayam, huh? Right, right. So, all right. Doesn't say they, they, doesn't say they closed it after. Beautiful. So, Diak in another tarif Rebbe Nachman, where the door is closed, but it's not locked. It's also a Diak in the Ramam like that. And the Paliyotes also talks about this. And that's in Tara Ayn Gimontanyana. So, sometimes the door can be closed, but it's not locked. It's for sure not locked. The Valoyet Nulaylat says, Adashi Yiskal Dabri Dibori Emes of Nehashem. However, this is what we're davening for. This is the whole union of three weeks, nine days, coming in out to Tishavav. We should celebrate in Yerushalayim. Understands the only way to get into Eretz Yisrael is tefillah.
vulnerable tefillah, as Rashi tells us, without coming with sukhuyot, without coming to Hashem and saying, I earned this, I earned that. No, I have nothing. I have nothing, and you have everything. And we will have everything together when I'll show up with my needing you, and you'll show up with you needing me. And let's, let's come back. Let's come back to that place, Master of Heaven and Earth. Let's come back to Devir Kachecha, Lashon of Dibor. Let's come back to a place where we can talk heart to heart, Panim B'Panim, Ayin Ba'ayin, Yiru B'Shul Hashem, Esziyan, Shibizayicha Be'ezus Hashem, to the Geula Shleim of Amitis, Vemher B'Yameinu, Amen. Amen.